Welcome back, everybody. It's time for another episode of Let's Go Steal a Podcast. I've got Corey Eckert back with me. Yay. Finally reunited. We're going to be talking about the top hat job. It's so good, you guys. It is such a good episode. It's all the things that are fun about leverage. Yes. Yeah. And, and so many like Sophie hiding her pregnant belly and, and just like everything fun and um, fights and magic and antics. Yeah. And, and really well shot. Mm -hmm. it's really funny. Mm -hmm. um, There's yeah. live animals in this episode. Yeah, it's like a really good acrobatics. It's a, mm. a Sophie being jealous of Parker getting to <laughs> be center stage. Yeah, it's like a lot of really perfect leverage elements that we love. Mm -hmm. And everybody out in the field yeah. at once. Like nobody's back at, at headquarters running running the job. Yeah, there's just, no one just, in yeah. this episode. You're like, oh, we hardly saw any of. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So this episode aired on August nineteenth, two thousand nine. It was directed by Peter O'Fallon, who also worked on the show The Riches with Eddie Izzard and um, Minnie Driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were they were con artists, so. He cited several times. He's like, yeah, you know, I also worked on this. So he comes from a con artist heist background, sort of. Uh, it was written by... Sexual Awakenings. <laughs> Any driver is one of the ways that reasons that I knew that I liked girls. <laughs> She's wonderful. I love an ideal husband so much. Mm -hmm. and I love her in it. And also returned to me. And so then I could never really... Before IMDb, I was like, is she English? Is she American? Because she was in Circle of Friends, where she had an Irish accent. Okay. And she was in Goodwill Hunting. Which is where she, I realized she she and Helen Bonham Carter, which we talked about mm -hmm. in some, yeah. So the episode was written by M. Scott Veach and Christine Boylan, who in the commentary made several remarks that I was like, is she gay? And then I looked her up and she's married to a guy, which doesn't mean that she doesn't like girls too. But, um, cause she said a couple, she said a couple things about, uh, about Parker's appearance that I, that led me to have some, some vibes, but nothing I could corroborate for our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, um, Unlike me, she does not talk about being bisexual every <laughs> second of the day. So is, I mean, you just have me so used to that. Like. Do not all bisexuals talk about being bisexual 24-7? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. No, we do. <laughs> That's bisexual culture. <laughs> That's bisexual culture. Um, because you don't want to be erased, you know? I want to be erased. No. Yeah. So this episode starts with um, Dr. Lee Jameson, who uh, works in a, a big food industry company, and she is nervously downloading some files from a secure server. And very nervously, audience, very suspiciously. If you have not watched this episode or have not watched it in a really long time, I just want you to know that it took me a good five minutes to decide if that actress was Christy Swanson or not. What? No, she's definitely the love child of uh, Jerry Ryan, who is will be on the show soon, yeah, and same. Rebecca Romaine. Really? I thought there yes. was such a strong Christy Swanson vibe that I was like, Buffy? Not Buffy. Buffy. Well, Not Buffy. No, because the dark roots aren't there. Mm. Her hair was too blonde. Too naturally blonde. Uh, she is 
a generic blonde actress who uh, is like in a lab coat with her hair up very sciencey <laughs> that's how you that's the shorthand she's got her hair her blonde hair in a bun uh in a, in a lab coat this was her first uh imdb credit she's a portland local so they really were just hey who's in the area who wants to come act in this season which is really neat yes. um but yeah so she's she's downloading some files from the secure drive uh, or server, and all of a sudden, the vice president of the company and the head of security catch her. And uh, while they're looking at what she's been working on, she makes a run for it. And uh, as she takes the elevator down to the ground floor to escape them, she also discovers that her house has just been burgled. And uh, somehow she manages to. She's she's pretty bright. This Dr. Lee Jameson, she like takes her hair down, she takes her lab coat off, and she doesn't know, but they've kind of put a call out for a blonde, blonde doctor in a lab coat with a ponytail. Um, but so she kind of disguises herself and she makes it out of the building safely. In a close call, then she goes to visit the leverage team. Um, yes. Is I have to tell you, I thought that after I watched this episode that I should have gone back and listened to the last couple of episodes, which I'm super behind on. <laughs> super behind on every podcast I listen no, to. <laughs> um, but because I can tell that there's something going on emotionally with Nate, I assume it's that he quit drinking. But because I am not caught up, I could not tell. He's just very squirrely and twitchy. He is super squirrely. Um, it's just like this... His arc for this season is tied in with Sophie's arc. So in the last couple episodes, Sophie, Sophie's boyfriend dumped her and she she wanted to run her own con. Like she wanted to run one of the cons. And um, so she's dealing a lot with like who she is and, and the control that she has. And she's seeing Nate want to be in complete control of everything. And she knows that he's headed for a fall. Uh, because he can't control everything and what's going to happen when he when he's unable to control stuff something so so in doing in wanting him to like have a life outside of work she decides that she's going to be pushy about him possibly dating dr lee jameson who is a heavy drinker yeah and is also definitely hitting on nate oh definitely I, yeah, I, I, it was hard for me to tell if she's a normally a heavy drinker or if she's just scared out of her mind and trying to get through it by drinking as much whiskey as possible as quickly as possible. But, but she, she also drinks an extraordinary amount of whiskey and does not pass out. She so she drinks, she just shoots back a tumbler of whiskey and doesn't wince, doesn't make right. any reaction. And I'm like, right. so she just keeps asking for more whiskey. So yeah. probably she drinks a lot in her everyday life. Yeah, and is that a is that a good thing to be around if you are uh, if you've quit drinking cold turkey? Like not great for me. I feel like that'd not be great. No, and Sophie should know that. And so I don't. I really that made me uncomfortable. Not in a uh, I ship Nate and Sophie kind of way, which I do, but in a if you care about this person, why are you gonna try to do this to him? Right. Okay. But so. Dr. Lee Jameson, while trying to hit on Nate. She's so cute, though. And she's this, like, soft voice bartender. Can I have another one? <laughs> um, but she she tells Nate and Sophie that they, she's, uh, there was a study, and they found out that 
their frozen food division has been tainted with salmonella. So there are like millions of, you know, frozen dinners out there that are going to kill people. Um, but the VP thinks that the the deaths, the lawsuits that'll happen and the deaths that'll happen are worth not having to that's gonna, yeah it's, it's not worth more than the cost of a few deaths so what's yeah. interesting to me about this episode is that even though the stakes are extremely high like obviously a bunch of people are going to die of salmonella poisoning and like people who eat frozen dinners tend to be like often like elderly people with like decreased immune systems so like there is a high cost Mm -hmm. but because it's not particularly directly connected to dr jameson like she's in some danger there are people chasing her like Mm -hmm. they're thugs but it's not um it's not this incredibly personal these people stole my money they killed my horses they right um yeah stole my house it's ruined my reputation reputation it's much more um like you're you're much more removed from it. You don't mm-hmm. you're not eating the victims of the poisoning and then finding out that the company knew, which is yeah. kind of how you would, which is kind of how Levered usually does it. Mm-hmm. It's very personal victim, mm-hmm. which makes the episodes like a little darker because even if they write the wrong, there are still you know deaths that have happened. But yeah. you're right. Like I think having this a little removed and having the deaths not have happened and you know preventing them it lets it opens up this episode to be a lot more lighthearted. yeah right than, so than otherwise would be a little bit more of a caper yeah ooh caper that's a good it's a good description so yeah um well now we know that these guys are going to let everybody die of salmonella poisoning yeah like let's get these guys out of here and the CEO doesn't know though it's just the VP and possibly Markland, who's the the head of security. So Sophie, you know, Sophie says, "Okay, I'm going to go prep the team and let them know, and you just stay here with Dr. Jameson." And then they let—I really love that the director did this. They like just let them linger in this really awkward moment. Yeah, which I hate, but it's really effective. (laughs) And there are several moments like this throughout the episode. Later, when Nate's on stage, he's just like. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. So the team is already doing preliminary work to get into the building. Elliot's scoping out the receptionist uh, as a pizza guy. And, and another point where Nate is real pissed because he does not have complete control. Because Elliot knows that, I mean, Hardison knows that they have to get in. They have to get some surveillance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're, he, they're doing what they usually do. Their whole jobs. Yeah, Parker's yeah. casing the outside and freak out about it yeah what's interesting is that he has a freak out because he's like there's more going on here than we know about and then it is more dangerous because immediately Mm -hmm. elliot gets um found out by the like overly enthusiastic cia (laughs) ex-cia dudes who are hanging out in the lobby of this frozen food company yeah Um, and like taken aside and beaten up. Yeah, which is, I mean, you you understand why Nate is, I mean, I think it's totally understandable that he's pissed that they've gone ahead and done this because he had information that would have helped them. Like, you know, he says, hey, they have patents that are worth 
billions of dollars. Like they have so much more security than just your average everyday company. Uh, and even better than the military, thus the ex-spooks. Uh, but, um, oh, in this in this first scene, and then in some of the other scenes, but not all of them, which I think is interesting because then you kind of see the order of how things get filmed. But Elliot is wearing like a bandana under his baseball cap. And it's because in when they filmed the fight scene in the elevator towards the end of the episode, yeah. he hit his head against the box and he had to get 17 stitches in his forehead. <laughs> so when they were filming these other other scenes, he had to have you know his head covered up. So I'll bring them up when we get to those other places too. But then, so you'll see him with like something over his forehead and then yeah. not and back and forth. The best part of that scene is when um, Hardison's like, how do you know that they're ex-CIA? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a stance. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a distinctive stance. Yeah, which is another one of those like classic leverage things that this episode like ticks off. Uh, and then and then we get to see uh, Parker do a classic Parker move, which is she just backflips off a bridge mm-hmm. and is dangling underneath. With a laptop with in a, her mouth. With the clipboard. The clipboard. You're right. <laughs> clipboard or a notepad or something. And she's just like in her mouth and, and she's totally befuddled this spook who is uh, dressed as a homeless person. Maybe a homeless person, yeah. So they have to get out of there really quickly. And then they have to get back in. Well, but wait, first they're hanging out back at headquarters and Elliot has an ice pack and Parker keeps poking him. As he's, as he's like yelling at Hardison and calling him Cool Modi. <laughs> he's like, you don't even know Cool Modi. You don't know Cool Modi. And she's like, does that hurt? 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 <laughs> How about that? It's like, yeah, yeah. Does hurt? Yes. Yeah, that's hurt. Babe. And then he's like, "What are y'all doing?" He, she keeps she keeps poking me. And then Nate pokes him too. And it's just this great like sibling dad moment. Um, yeah. So then they sit down and uh, they get the the rundown from Hardison, and we learn that Eric Caston is Eric with a K, Caston with a C. Um, and Eric, as everyone knows, Eric with a K are evil. They're evil. And and I love Sophie's like, oh, I didn't know that. And Parker's just, oh, it's so good. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows that. And I love whenever Parker, and we get a couple in this episode where you get this little window into this is what Parker's reality is like. Of course, all Eric's with K's are bad. Everyone knows that. It's, it's like in a, she was doing a, uh, she drew a picture of this gunman they saw in the last episode, and it's like amazing. And she's like, what? Can't everybody do that? Um, also, anytime that Parker, like, thinks that she knows more about how the world works, <laughs> it's just really and She just sits there and she's like, everyone knows that. What your brain is like. <laughs> what it's like in there. Yeah. We also find out that Elliot grows his own food. Yes. And I'm like, how much of your own food do you grow? Do you have, like, cattle? Like, <laughs> do you? He would. He totally would. He owns a ranch somewhere. You know, he has so much money. Chickens and bunnies. Yeah. And he only sleeps 90 minutes a day. And he sleeps 90 minutes a day. Yeah. He's like, you make the time. <laughs> so you don't have to eat frozen food that could be tainted. Is this the scene where Harrison gives a rundown of everybody's, like, office? Inner yes. office? Yes. Yes. Because he is... Personal politics. 
Yeah, he sent in a Trojan horse. Uh-huh. Sophie's so And they have a bad work ethic, and they think have a crush on this other guy. Yes. Uh, yeah, because he's sent in a, a Trojan horse phone that scans for wireless and Bluetooth access point. And I love, I didn't notice it till my third rewatch, uh, but he says it was like, it's a phone with a long lasting battery. Because I think my, if I'd thought about it long enough, I'd be like, well, how long is that before that phone dies? Come right. on. Right. It's got a long lasting battery. Those old flip phones also lasted a lot longer. That's true. Than our current phones do. Lasted. I saw a kid with a flip phone yesterday. That's hilarious. In, in this year, 2018. And yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Sophie is just kind of wrapped by all of this office politics. And she says, oh, I'm so glad we don't have to do, you know, we don't have any of that. And, and Park Ravens, yeah, and Elliot kind of like looks at her like, what? Yeah, yeah, we do. We've got office politics. Are you, are you done? Uh, and in in all of this information about from all the emails and the gossip, we learn that they're about to have a state of the company, uh, whatever, day. And Nate has to explain what this is because he says, oh, this is our way in. And then he and, realized- None of them has ever had a real job before no. in their lives. Yeah. And even Parker says, I'm so glad I don't live in the real world. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite gifts because I wish the same sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and they can't do their first, you know, their their initial impulse would be to sneak in as caterers. And while, you know, they're hearing the speeches, then run upstairs and download the information they need from the servers. But because this is a food company, all of the food's going to be in-house. Uh, so they're going to be the entertainment. Manila food. Yum. Yeah. They will be using any of the frozen stuff. Not for not for the company. Um, so yeah, so they've got to be the entertainment, which means they've got to go take out the original entertainment. And I didn't even write down this dude's name. Oh, God. Um... um Kronos. Kronos the Magnificent or something ridiculous like that. The douchiest David Blaine wannabe um, Yes. um, Hardison looks him up and is like yeah this dude has like multiple sexual sexual harassment Um, cases against him and which they always they have to do like if you're gonna take someone down in pursuit of the job they need to be bad. Right. And this guy really fits that bill. Right. And they even have they even have his assistant just like, like hates him. Hates him. <laughs> just like cannot keep a convincing look on her face, is always rolling her eyes at him. Hates Which him. same. Yeah. Same. Uh it was interesting though, in like a the our year of our of our Lord twenty eighteen, the year of me too, year mm-hmm. two. Me Too movement, or however long it's been going on now, not long enough, um, mm-hmm. that to see uh, someone, of course, we are still giving jobs to sexual harassers and abusers. Um, you have only to look at the Fantastic Beasts, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, be a train to see that happening. Um, but, um, but I can't imagine a show coming out this year and having it be a sort of a, like a one-off, like he's got 16 sexual harassment, you know, allegations mm-hmm. 
it's him and he's still doing this major corporate like he still got gigs every day just yeah. it was didn't it was like oh this is not this was not filmed this year no and i i can only imagine that if if we did get this episode of leverage this year they would have said this guy's this many allegations we're not only making sure he's not going to be part of this corporate event we're taking him down for good and I, that would just be like just a side story mm-hmm. they're like we're, we're literally just burning his shit down so he'll never work any gig ever again yeah um but yeah yeah so he's gross but and- we, we get <laughs> we get hardison and and parker in their like 1950s archie you know letter jacket <laughs> a long time looking what parker was wearing and being like i don't understand what's happening this is like slightly too big khakis yeah and like a, a little cardigan word something that emily uh gilmore would wear cardigan mm-hmm. thing and it's not good like a headband and yeah. yeah and then hardison is like entirely too old to be wearing a letter jacket they're like being a cutesy couple on a date and i love it she's like i don't want to i don't want to volunteer oh me 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 i didn't i want to do it and then they're just so funny and he's like i love you <laughs> that's, my, that's my girl. That's my girl. She's been doing uh, Pilates. <laughs> she, I mean, I guess jumping off of buildings is like Pilates in that you use your core <laughs> a lot for both. I um, wonder if she does Pilates to, you know, to keep in condition. Yeah. So she, um, she decides to volunteer for the trick that involves getting stuck in a box and having a fake sword mm-hmm. stuck and Hardison really quick shows her what the trick is yeah and it's only like he turns around and he's like this is this is what it does before she goes up to the stage she like grabs the um she grabs the sword from inside the box so that his like <laughs> she's like screaming sword shows so that like, the whole audience can see what the trick is and yeah just, like screams hysterically <laughs> which is great because he looks the magician is like oh my god i actually stabbed her like he has a definite moment of he's like just kidding <laughs> um, and she's so she keeps character so perfectly the whole time she and hardison hardison's like she's so great isn't she hysterical i love her she's so wonderful <laughs> And they do like the little bunny nose nuzzle thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the magician does not get to stay. Yeah, because he tries, because he punches Hardison. Yeah. So this is the, the his gig before the corporate gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the head of security gets a call saying, is it the head of security who gets the call? Yeah, snorkeling. Your magician has been canceled. And we have another magician for you. He's here right now. (laughs) And as he's on the phone, Nate walks in with the creepiest smile on his face. And he's, you know, doing like fancy card work. Uh, And then there's a there's a close up of his hands and he does some card tricks. And that's those are actually Apollo um, Robinson's hands because Timothy Hutton is not quite that good with cards. Yeah. And this whole episode didn't completely come about because of this, but uh, Timothy Hutton did say, I want to play a magician. <laughs> so he kind of put that bug in their ear. Okay. 
So they railway, railroad their way through security um, with the help, luckily, of the CEO being right there in the lobby. But I don't, e I don't even know if they did that purposefully because Nate turns and he's like, fine, I'm out of here. And he walks off and then he hears the CEO and you see his face go, oh yeah, we're yeah. in. Trying to get his box of stuff through, which he says are boxes of magician tricks, but are actually like boxes of we're going to steal all your data. <laughs> boxes of Elliot. Yeah. And a bunny. So. And that's yeah. great. They, they get they get backstage and they open the box out, open the box up and Elliot comes out and he's holding the bunny. And Sophie says, well, it's a good thing you're not claustrophobic. And he's like, oh, I used to be but I, I cured myself of it because I locked myself in our shed out back for three nights when I was a kid. And you're like, well, that's traumatic. That's a horrible story. And, and then Parker ups it and she says, oh, I did the same thing. But she locked herself in a chunk, a trunk and let people bury hey, her. Hi. And then Hardison's like, what's wrong with you? He, he's like, what's wrong with you? And when you get back from the uh, flashback, you notice that the bunny is gone. <laughs> It is no longer in the hat that Hardison is wearing or holding. Yeah, and they, for that that flashback scene, they let the city of Portland just let the Leverage crew just dig a hole in the middle of a park in Portland. Because sure. they're like, they let us do anything we want in Portland. It's wonderful. This is why we've been here. Right? And we're never leaving. Yeah. <laughs> the rabbit has disappeared and you just kind of see Hardison in the background, like, trying to act cool and like, just looking around for where the rabbit has gone. And, uh, you know, Nate's all excited about the possibility of doing magic. And, you know, he's saying, oh, magic, it's, it's you know, the second best thing to be a, being a con man because you get to control the whole situation. And Sophie, she's like, yeah, I think you might have a thing with control. I think maybe you've traded out one addiction for another. And he, of course, brushes her off because he's Nate. And Sophie really, 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 really wants to play the assistant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but she cannot. And she's wearing this weird purple dress that's, like, pleated out so it hides her her, her tummy. Uh, which is hilarious. There's, like, several, like, she's holding her scarf in her purse right in front of her. And she's sitting at the bar. She's always walking and somebody's walking right in front of her. Or something like that. Just movie magic. So the plan is Parker, Hardison, and Elliot are going to hack the servers while Eric with a K is giving the hour-long speech about the state of the company. And, uh, you know, they'll get in and get out, and then they probably won't even have to do any magic. Though Nate is like, oh, but maybe we could still just do some. Like, why not? Why not? We're, we're here. We're, like, I've got all the stuff. I'm wearing the outfit. Um, so this plan is derailed. By Eric with a K, who's evil, mm -hmm. who decides he's not giving an hour-long speech about the state of the company, but just like, saying, you guys did a really great job, we had a really great second quarter, or whatever, the, you know, and then turning it immediately over to <laughs> the magician. Who is no longer super excited about doing magic. <laughs> not ready. Uh, and Sophie has to kind of drag him out on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, and also his assistant is not there because she's like in a harness in the ceiling. Yeah. And they've already had to steal because um, they need a high level employees access card to get onto the elevator in the first place to get up to the floor where the server is. So she has to steal 
um, like like scan the CEO's badge so they can get in. And then they're in the elevator and Parker has to jump down. And the only place to hook her line, of course, is hard as in his belt. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Um, and this is all while um, Hardison is complaining about like, well, why can't I be the magician? I can do card tricks. And Elliot's asking if anybody wants to do his job getting punched and kicked. Um, and then Parker like, you know, is, she's like, I love my job. And she jumps off the elevator. The, that elevator is like the best set piece of the episode by far. Um, certainly gets its, you know, they get a lot of used to love it. So Parker lands through the ceiling back on the stage. Which is such a slapstick thing. She like lands on the on the floor and then it falls out from under her. Yeah. And they're wondering about the structural integrity of this building. Yeah. And she's like, uh, Nate, you know, catches up and is like, oh, isn't she great, everybody? And then someone <laughs> like, yes. The problem is that like Hardison is dangling <laughs> because her line is still attached to his belt. He's like, how am I going to get down? And she unhooks her line and he just crashes to the floor of the elevator. And it is super, the whole thing is super slapstick. It's so slapstick. And she even like, the minute she lets go of the line, she's like, oh, crap. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can see like in, um, they only had one take to do that, that scene with, with Hardison going up to the ceiling. And you can kind of see him smiling in it because he was having so much fun. Not when he hits the ground, but before that and then Elliot's like oh look I, I guess I could have just attached it to that handle over there oh well <laughs> uh, so Parker is on stage in a shiny magician's assistant costume with like a little like sequin tie necklace thing yeah. and good. a top hat and and pleated shorts <laughs> satin pleated shorts it's all so good she looks like um she looks like uh she's in an episode of heart of dixie um, <laughs> there you go uh so parker is the cutest, <laughs> the cutest magician's assistant in the world and she's also amazing at it which is like <laughs> seeing Parker on stage being like this perfectly natural magician's assistant a saves Nate's ass because he's being. Do you think she's a perfectly natural magician's assistant? She. I think she took a definite page from the magician's assistant we saw earlier. Where like half the time she's like, "What?" No, but and she's half the time she's into it. Playing off the audience and like playing off Nate, and her being there allows Nate to like snap out of his "oh shit, oh shit, oh shit," where he's yeah. just standing there, kind of. Like, I don't know what's happening. I wasn't prepared for this, which is mm -hmm. unusual to catch Nate unawares. So Parker, he and Parker- she definitely warms up to it too. Yeah. He, they get to kind of like warm each other up. And it was watching her kind of banter with Nate and have fun on the stage that I was like, oh, now I understand why Sophie's not doing this because Sophie is really terrible on a stage and no one believes her. And, and she would also, I think she would take over. Mm -hmm. Like she'd be like, "Oh, this is a stage. This is this is my metier. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to take the center stage." And that would have, yeah, that would have really ruined everything. Because she does come on at one one point, and she's like, like you know, yes. flailing her arms. She's like, "This is how you do it. You have to show off." And I was like, mm, "Okay, whatever." So in the middle of them doing this magic act, 
um, they find out via comms that the um, security system requires not just a badge ID, but also um, a retinal scan. No, first they need a thumbprint. Oh, right. So they have to bring the CEO up on stage and do some... (laughs) Think of a number. Press this button. And here's a whole bunch of balls in your hand. Uh, yeah. And so then Ferguson just luckily has a tiny fingerprint printer, sure. a finger printer in no. his bag, like you do. Um, For Hardison, probably. And then, I know, right? He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, and he's already, because they've, they've realized that Kasten is deleting all of the incriminating files off yeah. of the, um, the server and the, yeah, the drives. So... And he knows this because he's hacked onto his phone's computer, or yeah, his phone's Wi-Fi, and and the camera, and they kind of sneak on him that way. And he he says to Elliot's like, "Can you do that?" And he's like, "Oh, you'd be surprised at things I can do." Like, all right, rain it in, boys. We're in the middle of a job. We're doing a job right here. Yeah. Oh, and here is another uh, scene where Elliot has the stitches and he's like got his hand up in front of his face like he's scratching his forehead and then he turns around and he pulls a beanie down over his his forehead to hide the stitches which is it's really blatant when you know it's there but you don't notice it otherwise um so they they have the fingerprint and they're they try to use the fingerprint but it doesn't need just a picture of it it needs something that feels like skin because of megahertz or something so he pulls out a a gummy a gummy frog. A gummy frog, which has the exact same consistency as human skin. Which is just a delicious thing to think about when you are eating gummy frogs. <laughs> um, and yes. Edmonton is like giving himself this huge pat on the back and then a retinal scanner pops up and he's like, oh shit, it needs a retinal scanner. So That look he- on his face when the, the light is scanning him. Oh. <laughs> he's like been he's so cocky and he's so like excited about how good he was and then it all goes to help yeah so overcomes uh they're like oh right no scanner okay so they have to get the ceo back up and put him in a box <laughs> going to fill full of swords but instead they just roll into the elevator <laughs> straight off stage and into the elevator and the ceo's in there and he's like what's happening what's going on he's like he's like dave is this you is this because of the coffee prank oh um, <laughs> like spam um whole running thing where like the ceo thinks he knows all his employees really really well so he's trying to tell sophie little things <laughs> about all their lives but all he knows about them is like that guy likes coffee and that guy forwards a lot of emails. Like he's never gotten to know a single person in his company, which is probably how he didn't notice that like that dude was the VP was like stealing all the patents and like poisoning people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um so now he's like clueless in a box that he can't see out of in an elevator and doesn't know where he is. Or and then like would have I would have been freaking out, like being locked in a box. I would I would have lost my claustrophobic mind. CEO, and so he's used to like getting whatever he wants. Yeah, and he's just stuck. They they missed the perfect opportunity. I don't know how they would have said it, but to say let's go steal a CEO, mm-hmm. but you know, I know. So they yeah, Sophie wheels him onto the elevator, sends him up to the tenth floor or whatever floor they're on, and then uh, Elliot gets him. They take him over to the eye scanner and they open it, and 
shine a flashlight in his eyes so he doesn't know who he's looking at and what's going on. And the retinal scanner is so advanced that it can see from like a foot away when he's squinting with his glasses on. It's just very high tech, very sensitive retinal scanner. And and they 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 get into this um, junction room, which is where they have to go because the guy is in the actual server room. And uh, oh, and I wrote down like while all this is happening, Nate is literally spinning plates, spinning a plate with one hand and juggling with the other hand, which is a really great metaphor for this job where everyone's having to do like three things at once. <laughs> Yeah. And so he's like yelling from the, the wings and doing all this stuff. Uh, and another thing, the CEO is this like little tiny man. So and he has like, his suit is way too big for him. Huge. Like his, his, his jacket's okay, but like his pants are like straight up clown pants. Like the Jinko label should have been somewhere. Like they're huge pants. So they're poorly tailored to him. <laughs> and he just he's like, someone get me out of here. Get me out. Get me out. And no one is alone. Uh, so they're going down the elevator to the not the super room. And the, the CIA, the ex-CIA thugs show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hardison gets locked into the, the junction room. Yeah. And then Elliot has to fight the CIA dude in the elevator, elevator which is where he got injured and had to get the stitches. Brilliantly choreographed in film scene, and it's like so very leveraged. Like the angles and the the filming on it is, uh, it's like a really fun romp of a fight scene. Mm-hmm. And it goes from like being in the elevator to inside the box with the guy with the the CEO because he is being like jostled around. He doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> which is great. And then as soon as uh, Elliot takes that CIA dude out, he and uh, he and Sophie just ghost. Like, they're like, bye, we're blown, we're out of here. And then Hardison, who's been locked into the junction room, and is and they've realized Casson uh, has already deleted all of the studies that are implicate the tainted um, food. So at this point, you're kind of like, well, shit, what do we do now? Like, the right. thing that we came to do, we can't do. So uh, Kasten and Marklin show up in the junction room and they they get the drive from him and they demand to know where the rest of the team is at. Uh, Parker and Nate do the, this awesome disappearing trip with a hula hoop and a curtain and they disappear and there's a bunny in their place, which is great. I love it. Uh, and then Kasten uh, threatens Hardison and Marklin chokes him out, which I do not like it. It looked really uncomfortable and I don't like it when people hurt my heart. Don't like it. Um, so he gives up that they're outside in a gray van. But there's no van outside. Or Parker bumps into Caston and steals his phone. And it's great. I rewound that, that little tiny scene a couple times because when they're walking out the door, Hardison legit looks a little scared. But yeah. then he notices that it's Parker who bumps into him and his yeah. whole face changes and he's like, that he gets all cocky, which is great. And also this is, you know, a lesson learned and this is why we don't wear those douchey phone holsters on our belts. Yes. Cause people just, they just slip right off. There's your scum. This um, calls back to the whole thing that Hardison told us at the very beginning, which is that 
Um, every cell phone in the building automatically um, attaches itself to the building's Wi-Fi network. And anything that's on the Wi-Fi network, he can hack because he has a Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. All that setup is not just to make Hardison look cool at the beginning, but for us to get to this thing where he's taking the CEO's phone. Yes, this is all a misdirection because he's downloaded all of the um, super expensive, like billion dollar patents onto his phone, which will implicate cast in in some shady er stuff than we already know about him uh so it would be good that he wouldn't be found with that but the interesting twist of this episode which is that they're not just trying to kill people the vp actually also is trying to download all the patents and take them with him um and so wait do you think he's actually trying to do that like i thought that they downloaded them onto there for him but I thought he was trying to do something shady with them. I don't think so. I think he was okay. only trying oh, to delete the the studies that said okay. there's salmonella on the in all this food. Also trying to do something shady with them, and I thought it was interesting that they had him be like even more sketchy than trying to murder people with salmonella. <laughs> um, but I so anyway, his phone has all of the patents on it, and so yeah. it looks like he's trying to steal them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Dr. Jameson has come back and she's going to oversee the recall of all the salmonella tainted food. And the CEO is just pissed about being put in a box so bad. and fires Captain immediately. So that's great. And then we get to go back to headquarters. Uh, oh, well, we get that kind of iconic scene of of Parker, like putting her arm through Nate's and they're in there like the black and white magicians get up and they look so, so awesome. And she's like proud of her dad. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Like we're going to the father daughter dance, like adorable. Um, so we're back. Then we get to go back to headquarters and see how bad Hardison as is at card tricks, which is partially because Parker steals the queen. <laughs> So you can't be good at a card trick if you're, you're working with a thief. Yeah. Uh, and Nate won't stop working. He's looking up some new jobs to, to even eat or call Dr. Jameson, as Sophie's still trying to push him to do. And then we, we end with Elliot and Sophie talking about Nate when he's like 10 feet away from them. Yeah, it's another one of those moments that we see a lot at the end of episodes where like Sophie says something very wise and like... I know Nate down to his soul and he's gonna but I think in the last episode that we watched together um, Sophie was like at some point she's gonna push you all too far and then you're not gonna be or she says to Nate you're gonna push them too far and they're not gonna be there for you mm-hmm. and it's a very similar ending um, where she and Elliot are talking about Nate's failings as a human being yeah his inability to deal with things better beyond his control. Yeah. And she says she's like, the last time he lost, it broke him. Yeah. And he's not fixed yet. And if it happens again, I don't even think we could pick up the pieces. And in the episode before this, um, the the closing scene is is him, is is Nate and Sophie, and it's when she's she's run the con. And she's like, you know, we're trying to be something that I'm not. I'm, I'm not the mastermind. I'm, I'm the grifter. And he acknowledges that she's going through something and she can take all the time she needs and he'll be there for her because she carried his ass for a year while he was drunk. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of, kind of flipped back. And Sophie gets the last word again. I mean, I got him. 
start doing a running tally. <laughs> it is mostly here. But I really, I love when Sophie and Elliot get a moment together. And this episode had so many things that were like pairing different people up. Yes. Um, like we got Nate and Parker and I mean, Hardison and Elliot, we get a lot of, but we it's had fun to see them not just like over the calm. It's like them together. Yeah, we had a great Elliot and Parker moment with her poking him, but like he's sort of like, all right, babe, stop her. Um, and we've talked about before, like of the OT3, like they're the two that spend the least amount of time, just the two of them, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, be as many like cutesy moments where they yeah. are being, and not that like her poking him so that he hurts his cutesy, but it's <laughs> like, he's like, whatever, it's just Parker. She's, yeah. Um, yeah, you mostly get him reacting to weird things that she does, or they're out in the field a lot more together, but they're not, like, working one-on-one with each other because they're more physical and they're off kind of doing their own thing. But, yeah, we we got all sorts of... It was, it's a really good episode. <laughs> Different cool pairings. Um, yeah. And Elliot is, of the three of them, the most, like thoughtful emotionally like he's not the one who talks about it the most but mm-hmm. like we are talking about the guy who grows his own, all his own food and like you know he's the one who's had successful-ish emotional or romantic relationships before um i mean he did leave them all but like he's had them. <laughs> yes uh the other two have not and yeah. he's kind of the one who is more a part of the regular world. Mm-hmm. He, he can function the most, or yeah. he can blend in the most easily in, in the regular world. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about on here that he is, he's definitely the most emotionally mature of yes. almost everybody on the cast. Yes. So that's helpful. And they're getting there. They're getting there. They're working on it. Yeah, we're all works in progress. Progress. Let's talk about our heist light of the day. Ooh. Uh, I was reading an article today on food heists because I wanted something that was sort of topical. Okay. And what's more topical than food heists? And apparently there's this huge, it's not like a, a crime ring, but it happens really frequently, like large scale food heists. And articles from Eater.com, so they take their food very seriously, I think. But it kind of starts with, in 2013, they the police pulled over an 18-wheeler on the New Jersey Turnpike, and they discovered that, they, you know, they were hunting down this 18-wheeler because this guy had stolen 42,000 pounds of Munster cheese, valued at over $200,000. So... Yeah, like people, it was supposed to go to Texas and it was in New Jersey. And um, friends. yeah, great. and so they, you know, the worst cheese of all the cheese. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's not Velveeta. I, I like Munster cheese. It's gross. It's uh, Yeah, but they, they, they quote uh, a police detective who says, there's a black market for everything. We've found stolen beer, stolen food, but that was the first time we'd found cheese. Um, so there, there's like there was a dude in New York, it was a father and son business family business in Syracuse, and they stole over forty thousand dollars worth of chicken wings from a restaurant that they worked at, uh, so they could resell it on the streets. 
uh, in Colorado, an individual uh, stole over $5,000 worth of cheese, again, from a local restaurant. Uh, you know, in New Zealand, there's an increase in avocado theft because of a shortage back in 2016. And like it, they go on to say in the article that it's so prevalent because if you're caught, like the, the punishment is basically just a slap on the wrist. Right. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, so there's, you know, no reason not to. <laughs> in 2015, Great Watch International, a global logistics security services company, noted that 178 cargo thefts had been reported in that year's second quarter alone, averaging approximately $189,307 per heist. <laughs> what? I mean, it's food heists are the heist business to get into. Apparently. Right. Yeah, it's... They said, my sense is that anybody that embarks on a heist like that must have a buyer lined up already. A huge amount, because selling a large amount of cheese comes with a huge amount of risk or headache. You have to hide that truck. An 18-wheeler full of cheese is not something you can hide in the fridge. No. Um, and they say, like, it happens all the time. Like, there was, like, a ring of uh, teens who shoplifted haagen ice cream from CVSs and then resold it to bodegas. Okay. Uh, and there's just a lot of things which, you know, stealing ice cream is one thing because it's probably not going to hurt anybody, but there are other things where, like the salmonella tainting, it could have serious health effects uh, because things aren't being stored at their proper temperatures. Uh, and they see many people would be concerned knowing that the meat they were eating was at one time pants meat. And uh, unsurprisingly, law enforcement agents have found that food waiting to be sold on the black market oftentimes isn't stored in proper conditions. Yeah, no, it's shocking. Yeah, so people can get really sick. And and because, uh, you know, usually you hear in the media, like something that like really pokes fun at it, like, oh, look at all this cheese or Canada's great maple syrup heist of 2012, because they're, you know, they're couched in terms of this is hilarious it's not really taken seriously by anybody. And, uh, and that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It says, um, we've lost millions of dollars and it impacts the farm laborers, the farming community, community stores, families. And then they go on to say, I think it's an economic act of terrorism. It impacts us fiscally at so many levels. So as funny as that ramen noodle heist was, it's not cool. Don't steal cheese. It's not cool. Don't, don't steal cheese, don't steal ramen. Don't steal maple syrup. Don't steal maple syrup. It's very um, Yes. It's a major industry in Canada. They produce yeah. 80% of the world's maple syrup. Anyways. All right. Any last thoughts on food heists, on salmonella, uh, on Dr. Lee Jameson? No, I like, I just love this episode. It's really fun and a little bit more lighthearted and nobody except Dr. Jameson is full down drunk. I know, even though there was an open bar, apparently, at this state of the... I keep wanting to say state of the city because that's what we have where I work, but state of the company. And Parker looks super cute in Top Hat. Also, when they were sitting around um, prepping, Sophie's boobs looked amazing. It was like, her cleavage! She's got those pregnant boobs. Pregnant boobs, man. <laughs> really good. Um, yeah. And I was like watching that part and I was like, oh, I'm so glad Corey's going to talk to me about this episode. She'll really appreciate everything. 
I do appreciate the whole episode. Also, there was a point in the fight scene in the elevator where I think I said out loud, Christian Kane's hair has a life of its own. <laughs> like it was like floating behind him. <laughs> He's like a Disney princess and it's just like. Yes, he is. Like an anime girl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. So I'm going to be going out of town on Thursday, which is when this episode will go up. Uh, and I won't be back until the next Friday. And then it's Halloween. So listeners, you hopefully will get an episode by that, uh, that Thursday, which will be the beginning of November. But if you don't, I apologize and I'll get it out as soon as possible. Um, Because I love you, but I love going to Paris more so mm-hmm. yeah uh Corey remind everyone where they can find you you can find me on Twitter at Helen's twin also on Instagram at Helen's twin it's not very interesting it's just pictures of me trying out lipstick I um, think that's very interesting <laughs> if you're really into long wear lipsticks you should for sure follow me on Instagram I, I suggest that as well yeah um that's where I'm at at Helen's twin H-E-N-S twin. <laughs> Helen's twin. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't know how to spell that. <laughs> oh, that Helen. Okay, got it. Um, and you can find me at Librarian Steve on just about any social media you want to look on. It's just the one I use. Okay, so we won't see you again, but uh, you'll hear us again when we talk about the Oh gosh, it's the two live crew job is next. I don't know who's going to be on, but it'll be awesome because it's a great episode. Woo, it'll be fun. Yeah. Okay.